Welcome to Nocturnal Emotions, taking you on a flight of fancy into the nighttime. I'm Sean Tillman, aka Harmar Superstar, your host. I interview actors, musicians, comedians, writers, anyone else I find interesting and hope you will too. And, uh, you know, we talk about embarrassing moments. We focus on the weirder things in life. That's the idea. You know, it's really simple. Enjoy it any time of day. That's totally your call. Um, you know, although this is mainly a talk show, uh, it's technically categorized as a music podcast. So, you know, I, I feel like I should talk about that for a little bit. You know, we never really get deep on on what I like or, you know, what, what's going on out there. I, I feel like inspired to talk about it because um, this week was full of so many amazing live shows here in New York. Everyone's out on tour right now and there's all these special events and people flying in for fashion week parties or uh you know i i don't know i just saw so many amazing shows i saw poolside play in a weird uh storefront uh in soho last week and bony Vare was in town good friends of mine collaborators in the band gangs um but they they played four nights at radio city music hall which is amazing to me like so so crazy inspiring just seeing like people pull together such a great show it's like just amazing sounding so so epic you know and that brought Polisa to town they were opening for them I don't know if you've heard Polisa yet but you should one of the best records of last year um you know and, and Frank Ocean's here I, it's just it's crazy it's been like non-stop I've been seeing so many so many great shows and a lot of them are, are special events that you get to go to for free which is Oh, so appreciated like just inspiring you know and and you know and it's just uh it gets me so excited to put out my new album and get back on the road and i'm just so inspired you know i also saw kate lebon one of my welsh welsh buddies that's really killing it on this like nico tip uh uh, but really psychedelic and garagey. I don't know. There's so much good music out there, guys. You should check out all the aforementioned bands for sure. Uh, let me know what you're listening to. I'm always down to hear new stuff that I'm not aware of. So, you know, you can get a hold of me through Earwolf. Um, just, you know, email Earwolf. <laughs> Tell him to find me. Um, I love these guys. Uh, you know, this week we've got my best friend, Adam Green on the show uh, he's best known for his work in music both as a solo artist and with his band The Moldy Peaches um, and now he's gearing up to release an album of duets with Binky Shapiro who you may know from the band Little Joy and beyond all that he's totally kicking ass in the art world painting, making sculptures and has already had solo shows at Intercourse and the whole gallery this year in New York and, uh, and did a very successful collaborative show, collaborative, collaborative, collaborative show with Macaulay Culkin and Toby Goodshank, his Three Men and a Baby collection, collective. What the fuck is wrong with me, guys? I can't talk. The Three Men and a Baby collective. That's still up at La Poison Rouge here in New York if you want to check it out. So um, we met up for a chat, Adam and I, at his New York studio. While he was working on that particular show, the Three Men and a Baby Collective show, uh, and um, yeah, we just had a good chat between friends, 
And you know, don't conf- don't 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 get confused out there. I, I say in the interview that this is the inaugural uh, episode of Nocturnal Emotions, and and it was my first interview I did. But I I don't know when order these things are going to roll out ever. So rookie mistake, guys. I brought in a timeline. Slap me on the wrist. I am sorry. Um, yeah, here it is. My interview, chat, conversation, waxing poetic with Mr. Adam Green. Yeah, here we go, man. Hello. Hello, Adam Green. Hi. Thanks for coming on the inaugural nocturnal emotions you know it's a it's a pleasure to have you have you have you done a show yet no this is my first one. Oh, cool i thought what better way to like kick it off than you know interview my best friend it's a prototype <laughs> the so prototype thanks, thanks for letting me into your studio yes this is my studio so uh so you know uh, basically the whole point of my podcast is to uh kind of Wax poetic, have a conversations after dark, you know. Little floetry. Little floetry to, uh, for the people to listen to on their long drives or you yes. know, as they do their, their work. People are driving through the mountains. Yeah, I mean, what do you imagine? Uh, yeah, I imagine it's a dark night. Passing by the mountains, like on the hills you see uh, the shadows of buffalo. Yeah, roaming the shadows. <laughs> so it's like uh, some sort of cliff situation and it's daytime. And then we're blackened getting- buffalo. Against like a dark green hillside, wow! At night, and that works in your last name. That's pretty. Uh, that's oh, a yes. lot. That's really telling, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always on the lookout for green. Um, so uh, so here we are. We're in your we're in your studio where you're working on uh, on one of many new shows that you have coming up. Um, yeah, I've been sort of drawing, doing these like crackhead drawings. Yeah, like uh, inspired by uh, cubes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of Garfield and uh, yeah, Big Bird represented. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of cartoon symbols. Uh, reduction, like a, you know, like a when you uh, reduce something down to its bare essence. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, and in this case, like all of them are cubed. So, but then I was thinking of like, you know, even evoking the feeling of a cube, like, but in a distorted way like for instance taking a shoebox and painting it and then crushing it up so it looks like a fucked up cube (laughs) wait that's the next phase yeah i think i'm just gonna just stamp on (laughs) shoeboxes what do you call that you call that shoeboxism is that yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm trying to stay away from any isms (laughs) (laughs) i'll get (laughs) you yeah that's true there's always time for that I guess, yeah. I mean, you have you have so many shows coming up. I mean, you've been. I think there's like three this year already. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing. I've been busy. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, we just had that listening party for the for the Binky record. Oh yeah, you have a new album, Adam Adam Green, and there's a Binky Shapiro and Adam Green. I wanted it to be Binky Shapiro and Adam Green because uh, she sings more on it, but uh, she said no, so it's gonna be Adam Green and Binky Shapiro. Wow. According to her, it's alphabetical is the reason why. That's pretty good. I, I go alphabetical when I do like uh, songwriting stuff. Or, right, or, right. You know. Oh yeah, like Lennon McCarthy. Lennon McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Those albums were Lennon, killer. Huh? Lennon McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. Lennon yeah. McCarthy Jesse McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> 
<laughs> Lennon McCarthy. Oh my god, that that's like the next concept album coming. <laughs> Lennon and McCarthy coming next year. But so okay, so but that album's coming out. You what, guys like are pretty a, good. <laughs> you guys were pretty good. You guys were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so the Adam Green and Mickey Shapiro album. That's like a, a collaboration of kind of duets or. Uh, uh, yeah, it's all uh, it's duets and. Um, well, we recorded in California, and uh, we recorded in a studio called House of Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately named. Yeah, the, it's a studio called House of Blues because the guy owned um, the House of Blues franchise, and maybe he was like bought out. Yeah. But but one condition is that he could keep his studio named <laughs> House of Blues, which is the dumbest. <laughs> he he wants to keep it called that. So that's uh, you know just to keep the you know the the real lofty name high of the studio so people know yeah, that people when know they it. come in they're gonna get like and, uh gospel brunch quality <laughs> recordings <laughs> and the thing is that it is a great studio um with all the you know like whatever high quality recording equipment but you um but you see when you sing in the vocal booth you're surrounded by these busts of blues men <laughs> like like in a house yeah like bb king or which incidentally do you know um i'm sorry Side note, BB King. Do you know what the BB stands for? No. I swear to God, it's like blues, blues. For no, real. Like, are look, you kidding like, me? Like, let's look it's it up. Blues, blues. It's like King. blues, blues or something. No way. Look it up. No, well, I yeah. mean, I, well, well, no. This, okay. You know, let's, we'll let's look, look it up later. We'll look it up in the break. It's, it's something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I actually blues, I re- blues King. But. I did a couple sessions at the, at the house, the, the prestigious House of Blues studio, um, <laughs> as well, and uh, I suggested that maybe. They keep the vibe, but they could change it to blouse of hues, which is like almost a worse combination of words, but makes it a little bit cooler. Blouse of hues. Blouse of hues studios, and that really gets the... Uh, Huey blueses. <laughs> Bluesy hueses in the news. The bluesy hueses. <laughs> Man... So okay, so okay, we got way off track. Okay. The, the album's oh, yeah, coming so out like yeah, the album's gonna. It's coming out in February, so we got yeah. a while to go. And I love the. Uh, I mean, there's so many songs on there. There's a song called Casanova that I can't wait for everybody to hear. Oh yeah, is that the song that you were gonna butcher tonight? Oh, I mean, I want to. I mean, that that's cool. up to you if you decide. I like, feel like you would do it really, really, really well. But I feel like this has to come out before that's going to be oh. available. So I don't okay. know. I mean, we can. I can butcher it sometime on a special edition later once it's available to the public. The- <laughs> Although I do. I do love. Uh, this is like a, a, a foreshadowing, by the way, to an upcoming game that I'm. I want to play called "Let Me Ruin Your Favorite Song," but uh, I, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> this is <laughs> the uh, so okay. So then, so that. Oh wait, what was I say? The uh, so that that song. Wait. Oh, oh, about the blues thing. Oh wait, I'm off. It's just that there, another bluesman that they have there is Bob Dylan. Is like, well, he's yeah, one of the he's depicted, famous famous bluesmen. His bus. <laughs> Is on the wall. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I wonder if he paid for that to get there. If he heard the wall was right. going up and he like wanted yeah. to have a stake, or they knew he was coming to record there or something. So <laughs> <laughs> quick made it, but they didn't yeah. make a bust of you and Binky, did they? <laughs> yeah. No, no. no but, but like, by now, because really, it was like those half busts, so like it looked like Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to admit, it's kind of amazing to be able to like go into a, a a nice studio and make like great albums at this point. Like you and I have both been kicking around in music for like right, ever, yeah. like since we were and, teenagers, and you know, yeah, and you uh, came from being in the Moldy Peaches and making like 
records that are equally revered like in your bedroom that's kind of amazing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i always feel like i get a kick big kick out of going into a studio and yeah. uh and uh you know i, I don't know I, I always feel like really excited and uh i don't know and yeah. on the other side like what was it like just so i don't know if you've ever like really explained this in your own voice to anybody but like what like when you went back and made those like lo-fi moldy peaches records or go back in time and think about that like what was the process because you know it's pretty interesting okay well i think that that was different in the sense that the moldy peaches songs are really like written um probably like within a few days of recording them yeah or maybe like that day and then because it was more bedroom style yeah so so i mean there was a whole like i feel like um the way that we were approaching it anyway because uh at that time, you know, we were just really like engrossed in like lots of home recorded music, and we never thought of anything as being like a demo or a finished thing. We just thought like we we thought we were making a record at yeah, home, and and you know we thought that they would you know every time we would just write a song and record it, that was like the end. And um, and and so yeah, so I think that that's like kind of infused with that spirit. And uh, with the Binky record, it's like really carefully written, and I feel like it's more like. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it just like the whole process of making it was so different because it's more like I guess like a like a Leonard Cohen album or something where it's yeah, like, really like the you know the words are very carefully um, uh, put together. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, the whole vibes kind of kind of shifted since Binky's yeah. not your babysitter like Kimmy was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Binky isn't my babysitter, and uh, yeah, you know, but that was it's kind of funny because like being a kid and like you know, and Kimio was like not really a kid. Like she was like a, an adult that with like the um, like the like uh, spirit of a child. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, totally. But yeah, so Kimmy's nine years older than me, and so but then I don't know. Like we both look pretty young, and I feel like uh, yeah. When I look at pictures, we look really. We, we both look really young. Yeah. I, you know. Oh, and, totally. Uh, but yeah, but I, I was a real kid in that band. I was like. I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. No, that's what that's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like you guys just was it like out of boredom like uh just when you guys were hanging together like did you hang outside of her babysitting you or did you just come over um, to babysit and you guys would make projects on Yeah, so. yeah. It was kind of like well at first, you know, um I I was getting into um like indie rock records like uh unwound or uh oh, yeah i love unwound um or uh what was it we were like dub narcotic sound system and the makeup and all these different bands were coming to new york to play and kimia was sort of familiar she'd gone to to college at evergreen yeah uh, and um she, so she knew about that stuff and she would take me to the city and i wasn't old enough to go by myself and my parents would be like oh okay like kimmy will you take care of adam and take him to oh that's amazing yeah, to that's the shows like the best hookup and so you know and we did but but you know like she would like uh you know like she'd like get lost in like the dressing room being like a groupie <laughs> to the band and like i'd just be like left alone outside the door hey mister i know i'd be like <laughs> exactly i was she did she definitely didn't want to be seen with me <laughs> <laughs> she would always ditch me. Classic. I mean, that's like the, the classic tale. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you were totally cock blocking. I, I was, I was, I was cock blocking with You're, my little cock, with your little youthful cock. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, and then, oh, you know, what's funny is that, yeah. So then we, we used to go home and like, I'd be like, oh, you know, we should write songs, and I'd bring. She worked at a record store in town, and I'd bring my guitar, and we would. We were, I, I worked at a pizzeria next door called Pizza Pizzazz. <laughs> <laughs> and they had, I just remember they had these like little like red 
like crayons, I think they're called like China markers, yeah. and this like yellow legal tablet. Yeah. And so we'd write with like this like big red crayon on like a yellow legal <laughs> tablet. And uh, you know, and some of the really early stuff is like really unlistenable. Like, I mean, like completely, totally unlistenable. Um, and uh, really embarrassing because the thing is, and we were talking. About, I guess this episode you said was about embarrassing stuff. Yeah, all, and I yeah, feel like, deal. I mean, there's a difference between embarrassing and like really, really embarrassing and like crazy. You know, just yeah, yeah, like because totally. I mean, some of the early, um, you know, uh, Molly Peaches or stuff I was working on is really like Nirvana influenced. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, but in a really embarrassing way. Well, you totally. Know? But that's like when you try to like. Anytime I try to like rip off a song I can totally go ahead and try because I never can achieve it you know what I mean and like it always sounds like something totally completely different like a crazy person's like interpretation and that's just like my process gets me to like the dumbest places but then it works for me so like I can try to rip something off and like it becomes my own right 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 and and, and that's helpful it's like I I think I was comparing it with a a friend a while ago to like blind contour drawing or something and like you know you end up like looking at if you were looking at somebody's face and not looking, um, not looking at the drawing while you're drawing, and then it ends up like not looking like the face. Yeah. But it looks cool. Yeah. It's because like it's totally. like a blind contour, and I feel like maybe that's sort of like, you know, yourself uh, reinterpreting something. Like maybe you know, there's a lot, there's like good that comes out of reinterpreting someone else's uh, style, and like it comes yeah. out like sounding like you. And that's I think what kind of happened with the moldy peaches, at least on my end. Because, like, a lot of it, you know, I think, like, I wanted to write, like, a Beck song or a Nirvana song, and it ended up just being, like, w- was something else. What it was. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and amazing. also Palace Brothers. I was, like, really into Palace Brothers. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's Sebado. Yeah, you know? me too. And, they were huge for me. I was way yeah, into them. You know, and so I just feel like, yeah, so I, I don't know. But, but uh, so that, yeah, so I, I definitely think um, that, uh, but the early stuff is really embarrassing. And, um <laughs> You know, but and so many people love it. That's like that's the thing. <laughs> no, no, like, I'm actually even okay with the stuff that's on the record. There, I, I think that some of the stuff got uh, flooded in my aunt's basement. That's really, really bad. Oh, really? You, there's, some, there's no record of it. You know, or I, I don't know. There's, that? Honestly, there's like there's there's this whole tape from when I'm like a kid, um, and uh, really, really depressed. Like maybe oh, yeah. like maybe like eleven, you know, twelve. You like know, first crush. Sort yeah, of stuff. exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know, and and it's. Uh, really corny like um <laughs> you know uh, it's almost like dave matthews band or but something that's the like stuff you keep to woo women with it's you know <laughs> you play them your little depressed jams like of you as a 10 year old like right now oh my but god maybe not right now maybe in our 30s that's a bit like a weird trick but like you, you get licensed to do that till you're like 25 well you know what's funny is like i i do think about it like just the stuff that's like i don't know like i i think the, the word for it is like diminished chords or something like you know those kind of chords yeah. that are like they're they're kind of like um, jazzy. Or they're a little jazzy, and like I don't know when you discover like when you're first playing guitar and like you try to write the songs with it, but it's like it always is like a little bit, you know. And I I, I don't know yeah. if it's like Dave Matthews Band or something like that, but it's like very like it's just it's very soft and like <laughs> you know if you combine that with like the the, the poetry of a of a high school um, loner, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just can't help but like be appropriate for you to sing that song on like the subway platform. No, um, like for busking. passing, yeah, for it's busking music. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
A little bit like uh, you would have gotten like some tribal tats, maybe. If yeah, you were, like followed down. <laughs> and I don't know. Line. I don't even know where that where I summoned that from. Your neck might be I, a bit it, thicker. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where I. I don't know where I. Where I intuitively had understood when I first picked up a guitar. I did understand a little bit how to do that, and I don't know why. Like I, I learned it from Kids Incorporated, <laughs> or, or something. Like, turn it on. Yeah, like we're all like I guess we're all in show business, or isn't there like yeah, a yeah, look, there's well, like yeah, a there's, I mean, Ray Davies song like that, right? Like, like you know, like, like song about Hollywood. Boulevard, like that Ray Davies song, where he's oh, like, wait. "You can hear all the stars when you actually see all the stars when you walk down Hollywood Boulevard." It's like oh, a yeah. Kink song, and and he's like, "We're all in movies," or I don't know. So maybe that's true. You know, like we were just watching. We just spent a nostalgic evening watching um, Go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what? What else? Well, hackers. Hackers. Yeah. And you know, in a weird way, like uh, yeah, like you know, we all. I don't know. I definitely learned a little bit how to act by like watching like reality bites or like. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and nineties. Like, yeah, and and so 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 I knew words. how to do that. Like even when I first picked up a guitar, I already like knew how to do the reality bites guy. Yeah, yeah. Thing. You'd be like, I'm the guy playing the guitar in the <laughs> club. That's super cool. Though. Yeah, yeah. So so it's funny, you know. <laughs> like you had or, that archetype, and you could become him. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I know. I feel. I know yeah. the exact thing like, but it, it is like, cool. this is how i'm supposed to be a rocker yeah exactly yeah yeah and it's cool and and, and i think that maybe yes yeah, so, you know and and i think maybe what's fun or what was cool about the moldy peaches was that through humor and stuff and also maybe with a friend and like having like the support of a friend we were like able to sort of make up you know sort of like our own style plus you know deal with things like emotionally with humor and stuff and like maybe like was the first chance that I was comfortable stepping out and showing people something that I did. Yeah. Because, um, because I had the support of my friend and stuff. Um, but then afterwards, then I never thought about it again. Like after the moldy peaches, I just was felt like I could always combine humor and uh, serious or like grotesque images or whatever. And like put it together. And from then on, I always wanted to make stuff that's like artwork as songs or something. Like I always like wanted my songs to be like paintings or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to find a unifying principle between painting, music, film. I want to just like find like a through line between all that. Yeah, yeah. And so you're I mean, you're doing a good job right now. I and mean, like, thanks. Speaking of film, you did the your first feature film, The Wrong Ferrari. The Wrong Ferrari last year. <laughs> like um, you started shooting that on on tour. You shot it all on your iPhone. Yeah, first of all, it's an iPhone film. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 arguably the greatest iPhone f- movie of all time. <laughs> I know you're in the league of literally <laughs> ten or something so far. Maybe maybe at this point, I don't even know if there are ten. Nah, uh, but they they shoot nice. But, yeah. Uh, so um, I mean I. I I, I remember that was being like that. That's probably a good place to mine from. It was probably a pretty, particularly dark point in your life when you were like uh, uh, getting filmed for the documentary that eventually right. came out about you called "How to Act Bad." How to Act Bad by Dima Dubson. That was being filmed of you while you were making the wrong Ferrari, which is a. Well, the, how do you describe the wrong, it's like the wrong a, Ferrari? Is like you know majorly influenced by uh, ketamine and yeah, the you were deep different, in ketamine. different, um, different, also different other psychedelics like. Um, uh, partially by DMT, a DMT trip, which you can see in Oh yeah, Act Bad, like the documentary. You can see the DMT trip that inspires like this crazy scene in the Wrong Ferrari. Yeah, so, and um, yeah, and those were some kind of dark days. I mean, you were like, you were yeah. I mean, really I was staying at your house, and you know, you, you <laughs> definitely saw me like, and I was, I was definitely, I don't know, I was, just, uh, I don't know what I was. You still never, I know, you never know what you're like. Period, no, no, but no. I never, I definitely don't know what it was like then. And I mean, to me, you were kind of like still same Adam, but like, you know what I mean? Like, definitely I knew you were grappling with some dark times and like shifts in your change of life and like, yeah, yeah. Having two really young girlfriends probably doesn't really. <laughs> I showed, help, I showed up at your house with that. these two little, little, um, 
children. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm, I'm dating both of these girls. Yeah. <laughs> can, we stay, can we stay on your couch? Can we stay here? And you're pretty cool. You're I'm like, a yeah. polyamorous you're like, yeah. love triangle. Polyamorous love triangle. And you're like, yeah, yeah okay. Sure, Adam. So, um, so that happened for a while. <laughs> Until they get too loud. <laughs> yeah, like, they like were two loud. Days. It lasts like two days. Um, and uh, <laughs> so let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. So, 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 you know, so during that period, I was thinking that I was for whatever reason, like behaviorally influenced by, uh, by psychedelics. And um, the, um, like everything was, was colored by that. Yeah. You know, and um, like uh, including, like I just remember like hallucinating really hard and seeing this. I had this like red military jacket from the 1800s. And I remember like looking at that in like this George Washington hat and like this ruffled shirt and like these bell bottoms and like I remember like st- sitting in my room and like it was just like combine that with that and that and that like then you will have the like, best outfit ever it was a video game it was a video you game you were sim-sitting yeah. yourself yeah I was just was like looking at all this shit and just like putting it together and I would but I, in a good way I think was making art 24-7 you were you were kicking out because you were building all the sets and making like these like technicolor crazy like cartoon adaptations of real life of cartoons of real life kind yeah. of like it was a like a whole well, thing like you know i was building um with toby goodshank yeah. uh who who uh was in the moldy peaches with me yeah and uh and and mac at his house we were building sets and um you know and uh i, I don't even know like uh let me think we were building uh at a paper mache, like all the basically the idea is that I was a video game character, and uh, I don't know. There was all this just sort of distortion that was in my head. Like I think, like um, when I was growing up in New York, we were talking about like you know being a teenager here, and yeah. there was this huge noise scene, you know, that was going on. Oh, like, definitely. I mean, I was part of that in the Minneapolis. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So way, you, you know yeah. about you knew about what was going on here, and there yeah. was a, there was like stuff going on in New Zealand, and there oh, was yeah. a whole. Like There's the, a noise the rock. Clean and like all that kind of like, I mean, they're more pop, I guess, but like there was so much. Yeah, we were yeah. buying the same records. And so there was, this, there was this really strange band called the No Neck Blues Band. Oh, yeah. And they were really, really, really weird. And like uh, me and my friends used to go to their shows and it was so secret that like there was these flyers and they'd have like these weird symbols and like they wouldn't even say where it was or like what time or I don't, you know, and we were just like, <laughs> yeah. we were like in search of this weird trip that yeah. was like this band. And uh, the culture surrounding it, and it was really, really, really like highbrow. It was very pretentious, and um, yeah. Like so there was a lot of pretension around it, and like a lot of, I lo- I really ad- admired the way that they would like, sort of like the linguistics around it. Like you know, uh, I don't know. They would sort of incorporate all these sort of like avant-garde musical theories yeah. like into their music, and use like all these sort of weird like like antique psychedelic expressions and stuff and um so i just remember like being really like impressed by this like weird noise scene but not able to access it at all because i was like a kid and like these people were on some like timothy leary trip yeah and uh so i think growing up finally like i was just on all these hallucinogens like i started like regurgitating like vomiting up all this like psychedelic jargon that was like fed to me as like a teenager (laughs) and like and i was trying to wrap my head around like what exactly like this noise thing was and i started feeling like i was just like living around like a digital distortion in my brain and i was like like um you know sort of like couldn't compare it to anything but being mario yeah (laughs) super mario yeah so i was like okay so you're super mario and like here you go 
um, you know, like um, looking around at all these. Uh, I guess in a weird way, like I felt there was like a Gonzo element to the drug ketamine. Like it was very Gonzo in the sense that I felt like at any moment, like Macho Man's like fist was gonna like come through the wall <laughs> like a Slim Jim or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, like, definitely, like, great combination. Yeah, for some reason, I was like, okay, and 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 I swear to God, it was really a few different factors, like, um, a bunch of unrequited love on my part, like, just I was just putting my love like in all weird places, and it was just like, you know, just getting like sort of knocked around, and like, I was definitely felt like to some degree sort of like rejected or heartbroken about yeah. a lot of different things, and then also, um just found myself like very like because of the drugs like in a very fringe state you know yeah like, i mean that'll just emotionally. like deplete just like all of your serotonin and then yeah like it's yes. hard to like wake up yeah or exactly like so, you, so, you, so you got these sort of yeah exactly like you know and, and then being on tour really like maxed out my alienation oh yeah because there's so, like no recuperation time yeah. like even for like the little bit of like soul you have left you know yeah and, and i think also no chance for reflection or like even to like Understand that any of your actions have consequences. Yeah. So because they don't. Because like yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're just moving on to the next city. So yeah. I was trying to sort of like grasp how to control it on tour. And um, one thing that ended up happening was it was kind of like, um, what do you call it? It was like a a sort of like summit. <laughs> I mean, my band had in Amsterdam. Yeah. We just stayed at this hotel for like I don't know four or five days. And I and I had a bunch of ketamine, and I was obsessed with the idea that it was not real, and I kept on taking more to just make sure that it was real. Sounds healthy. I bought it from this pirate guy. (laughs) In what way was he like one of those like street pirate guys who was like yeah like a guy named yeah yeah his name (laughs) who's a guy named Julio, a man of the night. Yeah, Julio. Yeah, in Amsterdam, who was a pirate. Did he dress? What was his dress like? Uh, he had a mustache. I don't know. He didn't have like a hat I don't or like think, a swarthy I don't, blouse. I got that feeling from him. <laughs> <laughs> he might have had like a job as a there's pirate a, there's earlier. There's a lot of water life. around there. <laughs> yeah. canals. As a teen, he did like a, few, a little bit of like part-time pirating. Yeah, yeah. Like 30 hours, 20 hours a week or something. <laughs> he just did to a, keep his mom off his back. He was a part-time pirate. <laughs> so, so he was like selling us, uh, you know, this ketamine and like... Um, it was really scrambling my brain, and um, my friend Francesco, who um, who you know, yeah. who lives in um, Milan, yeah, he he had given me a, um, English translations of the Dante's Divine Comedy, and like I was just obsessed with like I wanted to read it really fast, so like, you could read it on ketamine. Well, I was trying to. Re- for, he was writing a movie, and he was like having these meetings in the park with his friends. So I'd take like the Divine Comedy. And I would try to read it like in front of them while they're having their meeting in Italian. <laughs> so, so, so the first day they have like a meeting. <laughs> well, you're just trying to read it in front of them. Well, I mean, like as much as you can. I mean, it's like, like aloud or to yourself. Like, I'm drunk? No, I'm like, I'm you're no, pretending I'm like, to no, read. No, in front no, of no. I was reading, but it's like it's just like you know they're having a. It was like the whole thing was. It wasn't very. I wasn't able to focus so much. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know... Because you can only see through a pinhole? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can only see through a pinhole. I'm watching the divine comedy of a pinhole. <laughs> and, no, so, so I'm reading this thing, and um, they're having a meeting, and, like, I started to uh, 
first of all, day one, like, I read, like, 100 pages of it or something, and he was so impressed. I think because it's way harder to read in Italian. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like not that hard to read in English because it's already translated into like whatever modern language yeah. for us. So for him, it's like really complicated. So I'm reading the Divine Comedy. And obviously he's like, oh my God, you're reading it so fast. So I was like, he was so impressed. I was like, oh, great. So I just started reading the whole thing. I read like the entire Divine Comedy in like a week. As fast as you could. I read it so fast because just because he, he, was, he was getting just a kick out of it. <laughs> because someone at the other at the meeting that you were trying yeah. to impress yeah. by reading the divine so, comedy so I'm reading the divine comedy was like really impressed they by were really you. impressed by it so I'm just like Shh. so I'm reading it <laughs> but but the thing is that you know it started to really affect my whole trip <laughs> so you were like taking it to heart I was definitely taking it to heart and you know I was in my mind I was like oh my god it's like this guy is my Virgilio <laughs> Oh my god, this, this guy Francesco is like a Virgilio. <laughs> <laughs> Am I his Dante? Holy. You know, and so. You guys got grandiose. Yeah, we got pretty grandiose. So, so, I'm, so I'm going around with this Virgilio, and he's showing me, you know, the different layers of, of hell. And, and so then I, I got to um, Purgatorio, <laughs> <laughs> which is next. Yeah. <laughs> So, so where was purgatory in the trip, like in real well, life? Well, that's, that's where it, things got really fucked. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Because I purgatory think, is not... Because Inferno, like, you know, is like... Like, I don't know, I feel like everyone gets to it, goes through Inferno, but, like, the Purgatorio thing is, like, I think a lot of people don't really do it. Yeah. You know? And so, to me, I interpreted it to mean, like, it was, like, embarrassing myself to the max yeah. in front of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which you yeah. did, but it wasn't like it didn't come off embarrassing. I feel like maybe you were going for embarrassment, but like, and it was probably like a, a kind of a big purge for you. But like, like some, one of your like, like characteristics that makes it awesome is that like for you that's totally normal. You know what I right, mean? Okay. Like to the outside yeah. world, but like that's great. Well, you can get it off your chest yeah, and like, look yeah. crazy and actually go crazy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind so, of normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know so, so I mean? you know. And so, so, so in a sense, so I would see, okay, so, so the theory behind it, I guess the principle that I was trying to go for is like, okay, could I embarrass myself in front, okay, by embarrassing myself, let's say, or, you know, whatever, saying things that were in my head that I thought would, um, you know, would be embarrassing or something, you yeah. know, would like, could that um, cause a cleansing effect on my soul. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then reverse psychic pain to promote healing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, maybe we want to go into the story of kind of the filming of Doggy Dare. And, like, uh, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Know, a scene in the wrong Ferrari. Maybe you want to set it up or I could for you, but I feel like you tell the story better. Like, Doggy just, Dare. Doggy Dare. Okay. So. Wait, so, so, you, so the DMT trip, or I'm talking about like the actual oh, filming, the actual like film. the you know, because you the, can see it in the movie. Yeah. Um, the okay, so essentially, so the scene, Doggy Dare in the in the wrong Ferrari. Um, in the movie, uh, me and my comrades have uh, taken up the search for ketamine. Yeah. And we've interpreted it as uh, pet medicine. So we're like. We we're obsessed with pet medicine, so we decide that we have to become pets in order to get uh, to get the ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> so we end up 
on the set of this show called Doggy Dare, where there's a veterinarian. Yeah, it's like the, Double Dare. It's yeah, like a and, so, and the, it's hosted by Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, is the host. He's like the Mark Summers, uh, in like a sort of like weird like uh, glam goth makeup. Yeah, exactly. And he's uh, and he also looks like Max Headroom. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so so this uh, this veterinarian um, tells me that uh, the only cure to being a mental hermaphrodite, which she diagnoses me as having, is to fuck me with my own beautiful idiocy. <laughs> and then she takes this Garfield-shaped dildo and she shoves it up my ass. And actually up your and ass. And she really shoves it up my ass. <laughs> and I, and I, took, I took the dildo in my butt. Yeah. And, uh, and then if you watch in the documentary of filming it that he, I didn't like the angle and then we got the angle twice. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also see that it hurt a lot. Yeah, but the you thing is again, that, but like so many people, like wasn't there some sort of like a, just uh, an onslaught of yeah, a lot. Well, you know, at this point, at, at this point, up. you know, in the in the thing, and I, and I don't mean to like because this is just like one silly part of the movie that's actually like, I think like a very poetic movie that yeah. you know that, but but by this point in this part of the film, like I think my life had become such a spectacle that like. You know, whatever, like 20 people go like to see, will this guy really shove this dildo in front of his ass? Yeah, it becomes an event. You know, just like on, this personal scene for you becomes um, sort of an event. It becomes an event for my friends. And, you know, I don't blame them. And, and it was kind of entertaining. And I welcomed people to, to yeah. check it out. And, you know, but, but, um, but anyway, you know, and then what's funny is that the movie ended up just sort of like having this really like a uh, strange abstraction of a plot where, like, at the beginning, um, we we're on tour. And then we go on this huge drug trip and like to go into a video game. Yeah. There's a company called Nintendo Records that wants us. <laughs> yeah. They want to sign me, and yeah. I'm debating whether or not to get signed by Nintendo. Yeah. And um, by the end, it turns into this sort of like sad like thing, you know, kind of like a reconciliation between like me and my mom, and like you know, uh, I don't know, just like a weird sort of like, um, like weird. Uh, you know, like I don't know. I guess it's kind of like a, it's an unrequited love story, you know. And like, and then, you know, I I I even think about the ending sometimes because I think like I mean I think the last scene is really really telling. Like I think the last scene is really crazy, especially if you know about what the movie's about. Like, and I think you have to watch the movie a bunch of times to know that. I think the last scene is really like um. Uh, how key. does it how does it drive it home? Uh, the there's like this. Uh, there, there's a. Let me let me see. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of personal, but I just feel like the. Uh, well, you know, I always I think about how I get into the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. You get into the wrong. Ferrari. <laughs> I get into the Ferrari and yeah. I drive away. So I'm just wondering what that means. You know. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, do I make a deal with the devil? Like, you know, or, or, or something. Or is that like leaving that phase behind? Or leave the face behind. Maybe it was the right Ferrari. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to get philosophical on your, yeah, your yeah. behalf. So that's yeah, really... Yeah, like, I know what I'm saying. And that's why I think it's so funny is because I think when you first see this guy from Nintendo Records, he's painted to be very villainous. Yeah. And like then over the course of the movie, he takes on this like paternal vibe like yeah. and he, you're, you're sort of like comforted by this like guy he seems like he's actually like my caretaker yeah right like yeah, and then yeah. it's pre- it's played by my guitar player john wiley yeah and he sort of becomes his maternal caretaker for me and he's sort of like giving me advice and at the end i get in the car with him anyways he says he says good choice adam our friends at nintendo 
are going to make you better than you really are. <laughs> and I get in the car with this motherfucker. Jeez, yeah, then you just go. I go, I go in the car. And I mean, then, why wouldn't and, you? And, and then Elise is running after me. She says, I love you, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, and I said, Ferrari's driving away. I say, I'm proud of you. <laughs> It's just that typical sweet Hollywood ending. Yeah, it's you know? a nice Hollywood. <laughs> you know, at the end, Max says this line where he says, "They'll try to." They'll, he says, "They tried to turn me into a chap. They tried to replace me with a chap named Turbo Marco, which I guess is a play on tur- Super Mario. Yeah, it's like an Italian. <laughs> oh yeah, Turbo tur- Marco. Turbo Marco. <laughs> Turbo Marco is like an Italian Super Mario or something." But but then but then I think that I wish that he had said and I for, I wish I could rewrite it so that he could say they'll try to turn you into a chap named Turbo Marco they'll try to replace you with a chap named Turbo Marco. But you I know? guess you got it out there. That's I got it out there, but I feel like it, people should know that it's wrong. I think. <laughs> okay. Good. But anyways, good you can make mistakes. But so, anyway, so so I get in with the Nintendo, and so here I am, like, and I'm on Nintendo. <laughs> you, you are, know? you are. And, your and kind of life it, is it, very Nintendo esque at it this is, point. But it's right true now. though, you know, in a weird way, because I, you know, because like um, the. Uh, I don't know, you know, like, uh, like, cause the Binky album is gonna come out on like a like Starbucks Records. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. it's like foreshadowing in a way, which is amazing. Yeah, what's it? It's called Concord. It's like distributed through all it's Starbucks. It's gonna come out. Yeah, it's gonna come out Rounder and uh, Rounder Concord. You know, which is I think like a label that used to do a lot of stuff with Starbucks. Yeah, so, they still do though, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is yeah, so huge. It'd be kind of interesting. So, yeah. So, like, maybe I've gone into the video game. I don't know. You know, or maybe I'm Mario now. Yeah. But then I have this feeling that I'm Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> which is the next script altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole thing. Yeah. But so yeah. So I think that after Mario comes Aladdin. <laughs> reverse alph- alphabetically. <laughs> Dude, that's the next episode yeah. for sure. Yeah. Maybe we should play the game. Let, okay. me, uh, let me ruin your favorite song. Let's take a break for a sec. Sure. So I'm interrupting the show to tell you more about Earwolf. Leave your comments about Nocturnal Emotions on our forums at Earwolf.com. Um, you can also subscribe. Please rate the show on iTunes. We love the feedback. I like to know what you guys are thinking. I want to make the show better. I want to just grow with you. Let's do this. It's all happening so young right now uh, become a fan of the Facebook page at facebook.com slash nocturnal emotions with Harmar Superstar I'm going to do that myself right now I didn't even know that existed so uh, we're all learning together people and don't forget to follow me on Twitter that's at Harmar Superstar spelled like it sounds um, check out my daily witticisms dumb puns you know the things I specialize in and if you want to support shows like this, please head over to Earwolf.com slash donate and sponsor the studio for a day, a week, a year. Show your clout. Do it. Support your local podcaster. Now back to the show. And we're back. We are back. Me and the Greenster. Yeah. I'm about to ruin your favorite song. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, what do you, what do you have for us this week? What, what song do you want me to ruin? Uh, I was thinking that you could ruin, uh, Zebra by Beach House. Oh, that is a good song. Yeah. The lyrics uh, are really tough and open uh, to interpretation. Yeah. And they're, they're a little, they're a little wide, wide open. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Okay. So, uh, Beach House, Zebra, let's hear a clip.
That's it. Okay. Oh, man. There's so many ways you could go with this one. I mean, there's so many possible ways that I could make this unenjoyable for you to listen to in the future. Um, uh, so, okay. It starts out with, you know you're gold. You don't got to worry none. Oasis child, born and so wild. Um, that I take from that um, that Beach House are really staking their claim in the uh, in the infamous um, Britpop battle of Oasis and Blur. Absolutely, and they're just like ten years late to the party. <laughs> um, just, and all the kids that the uh, Gallagher's had. <laughs> yeah, and they're just they're taking Oasis side. They're not even really giving Blur a chance here. I don't think they don't even like give uh, Damon Albarn any sort of recognition. Um, and then they say, "Don't you? Don't I know you better than the rest? All deception, all deception from you." Um, I mean, I don't even know. That's just like that's just braggadocious. I mean, she's just like trying to like claim that she's like better friend you know what i mean when someone's like this is my best friend and then like be the girl that like or the person in questions like not really you know what i mean i think like she could take it there and be like i don't know is she like she's best friends with oasis yeah i think she's trying to claim that she and liam gallagher are they're close besties and they they'd even (laughs) say besties which is so annoying. right yeah you know what i mean they're just saying it's british very very common (laughs) very common in england um but then they get deeper here, and the chorus is like, any way you run, you run before us, black and white horse arching among us, which is obviously is obviously a drug reference, obviously about a speedball, the black and white horse, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, bragging about your drug use, like, in a song is like... Yeah, in a drug song. Yeah, in a drug, in a drug band. Drug band. I mean, yeah, because we, we know what use. happens. We know what happens in beach houses. Yeah. People, people do, do drugs. They, they, they wear drug rugs and they do drugs. <laughs> yes. So, that's I mean, have you ever seen Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know how he that's dies. That's exactly where Beach House... Maybe the song is about that. It's probably about Weekend at Bernie's. That, that's true, because like, Don't I Know You Better Than The Rest, that's like Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy used to always <laughs> get into fights um, but, about who was better friends with Bernie. Yeah, but and, they themselves were besties. They were besties, but they didn't see that because they were fighting over the love of this dead body that they had to party with. <laughs> huh. You know what I mean? And, and that's where it gets deep. That's where like you think about death and life, and and you know the yeah. song becomes less enjoyable because you're reminded of all of that. Oh, yeah. Weekend at Bernie's was a movie about the life cycle. The life cycle. <laughs> and the love cycle. The love cycle. The love of two men and their dead friend. <laughs> Who wants to kill them? I think uh, maybe you're going to see Zebra by Beach House in a new light now. Uh, Maybe every time you listen to it. You might not be able to enjoy it anymore. I'm sorry about that. I'll never look at it the same way again. (laughs) You'll you'll never look at it the shame way again. (laughs) Or maybe I'll only look at it the shame way. All deception. All deception. All all deception. I like Shameful. to just quote. I'm going to just throw that in. That's like some Shakespearean shit that you can just all throw deception. into a conversation. All deception, all deception from you. Thanks. And now, and I'm out. Now I got to catch the train, buddy. So that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, I'm very excited um, about all of everything. That's, I think we just ruined that song. I think we can just move yeah. on. We can yeah. we can close up uh, shop on that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very I'm very psyched about um, all your 
all your art happening and all this oh, stuff selling and people going buck wild and and uh, and giving you more and more shows. Like, like I can't wait. Unlimited shows. Unlimited shows. Unlimited House shows. Face, Leisure House Inferno. Face. All these things have been happening. And you've got a new album coming out with Binky Shapiro. Yeah. That's in January? Uh, in January. Sweet. God. And it's so good. I love it. Oh, thank you. I can't wait for everyone at home to hear it. I can't even ruin those songs. They're just so good. <laughs> I'm sure you could ruin this. I, I could try. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, shit, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. <laughs> what a dude. That's my guy, Adam Green, my number one homie. Uh, if you want to find out more, and there's so much to know, you should really look into it. Go to uh, adamgreen.info. You can find out information about his art, his films, his music. Uh, you can go to therongferrari.com. You can download that entire film, which is crazy, uh, for free. The film is nuts um, if you're in for a good time. It's good to watch in a group. So, uh, so get your friends together. Get ready to be shocked, entertained. It's hilarious. It's thoughtful. It's fucking weird. Um, and uh, check that out. Uh, also, there's a documentary about him called How to Act Bad, directed by Dima Dubson. That's making the rounds at festivals right now. And that's really a, a glimpse into the deep, dark K-hole that he put himself in. Kind of amazing to check out the spiraling mind of a beautiful freak. And uh, speaking of films... You guys, uh, you guys should all check out Pitch Perfect this week. It's there's uh, some some limited screenings happening starting the 28th, and it comes out everywhere on October 5th. I have a small, nice little cameo in it, singing a bit of a T Pain number. You know, as I do, I pop up everywhere. That's my thing. I've got some shows coming up. I guess uh, the one notable this week, um, I'll be playing at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Friday night, September 28th, and that's at uh, 361 Metropolitan Avenue. My friend's skaters are opening. You want to check it out. It's a late show. The doors are at 11.59 p.m. this Friday. It's $5. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's so fun. I just did one earlier this month, and I love that place. I'll be chilling um, DJing at Home Sweet Home at 131 Christie Street on Friday night as well. That's from 8 to 11, so earlier. Join me for some jams before I play you live jams at the Knitting Factory. And then, uh, as always, Saturdays, I do Sexy Brunch at Black Market at 110 Avenue A. From noon to 4, I play songs. You eat eggs. We have a good time together. It's fantastic. It couldn't be any more perfect people we just we just do it we just keep going and um next week look forward to an episode with mndr she's my homegirl she's a songwriter singer master of all things dancey and pop so we'll see you then thanks for listening nocturnal emotions out This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. <laughs>